You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, my friend, how's it going? It's a new day, new week. Feeling good, Chris. How are you, man? Ah, doing well. New new day, new dawn. What's the next line? I don't remember. I can't call it. Horrible, horrible songs. Maybe a good song. <laughs> oh, look, the moral of the story is, is I referenced the thing, and we should all be proud of me. Yep. Um, the NFL regular season creeping closer and closer and closer and closer. Uh, but what that means is we're mired in the, I don't, know, I don't even want to say mediocrity, the the unnecessariness of uh of the nfl preseason we've got a lot of props to talk about we've got a lot of predictions to make i've got bavadasportsbook.com open in front of me and we are going to dig into all of that but uh now two weeks down i ask you how do you feel about jared goff the detroit lion i'm closer and closer to just saying you know what let's have three or four uh signs of success for the season Mm -hmm. outside of uh the win column like that can be auxiliary because it's obvious. And one of them is being Jared Goff is uh, at the mid top, top, top two thirds of wow. quarterbacks in, in the league. So just completely not ruining his career because that would mean <laughs> that we're somewhat sustainable. Um, so that's where I, I sit with Jared Goff. Just don't, as long as you're not the worst, I don't feel he's going to be. But if he maintains, just look, I'm not the worst here. I may create some um you know flashing for younger unknown players right now you know you may be the conduit of of an emergence and then just let that be it and then we'll move on mm -hmm. from you at some point soon maybe next year hopefully this the crop is not is not strong as far as draft wise but who knows? Uh, it's interesting i think it's an interesting group i, I don't you know anytime we're talking about a draft uh eight months before it happens it's a, a crapshoot, even more so than the actual draft is on draft day. But with uh, with Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma and Sam Howe at North Carolina and uh, Matt Coral at Ole Miss and uh, the kid Malik Willis at Liberty, who is uh, a spectacular athlete, yeah. who's just trying to figure out the quarterback position a little bit. It's it's an interesting class. Plus, you know, there is that guy every single year who comes out of nowhere to become a, a top three, top four, top five pick at the quarterback position. So I'm not super worried about that. I, I just, what concerns me, and I, I kind of find myself in a similar situation with an unknown uh, or at least question mark at the quarterback position for my team, is what is the better outcome for him to fall flat on his face and the team is just terrible or for him to just barely keep his head above water and the team is okay, but you don't necessarily know if you're going to move on from him next year. Yeah, I get that. The whole, there has to be an, an undeniable replacement if he, in the scenario that I pitched, that he's not in the bottom third of the league. The team isn't terrible. You're not mm -hmm. complaining every other drive. And then you get to the end of the season and you're like, all right, what do we need to upgrade? Uh, I could pick some things outside of quarterback because quarterback isn't the worst. So I get I get yeah. that. And you, you need you need an undeniable replacement. I, on the other hand, am thinking, look, count your win for that season with that guy. 
See sure. if you can get some value for him, but likely be that stopgap. You know, if you get it, you you get a young replacement. If you're talking about a guy that you're bringing in from free agency, then see you later, JG. But that's how I I, I kind of look at it and hope that Dan Campbell is gonna do something along those lines of of okay, inject winning culture, and and by culture I just mean habits. Inject winning mm-hmm. habits. And let the chips fall with the other stuff as far as personnel and whatever. That guys can only play at the highest level they can play. And then reassess at the end and be 1,000% fucking honest. 1,000% honest about what you see. And I'm hoping that the quarterback position is one of those things. I would love to watch Dan Campbell and Jared Goff just interact on a daily basis. Because it has to be something to see. They are two of the most uh, dissimilar personality <laughs> types that I've ever seen. And as a matter of fact, you know, I, I don't know that it's hyperbole to say that in terms of player town culture fits, Jared Goff is amongst the worst that I can remember being in Detroit. Absolutely. Jared Goff is the kid who goes to the private school in Detroit. And you're like, you're going to leave here soon, aren't you? You and your whole family <laughs> uprooting. I imagine that he and Dan Campbell's relationship is one of a reality TV show father who is the yeah. star of the show, who consistently embarrasses this young man who also is frequents the show, has one or two lines each scene that are like, oh, you really don't mind your father, but you are not excited about your father <laughs> as often as possible. And then you're just getting by. I can imagine that he just sits back it's like, yes, sir, until um, the sir is no longer needed. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it at all, but speaking of reality television, if you've been watching uh, Hard Knocks at all. No, I haven't. I've, keep, I've kept up with the storylines and reading about them, I have, and, and none of them intrigued me enough to tune in. Yeah, well, it's the Cowboys, so I have, uh, I don't know, I, I don't have an eagerness to humanize the Cowboys, but... <laughs> I will say that apparently the ratings are amongst the worst ever, uh, next to only last year's just uh, oh, I don't dis- disgrace of a, of a show when they they shared time between the Chargers and the Rams because <laughs> of the pandemic. Yeah, but yeah, apparently nobody's really tuning in to watch this Cowboys team. Yeah, no one cares. No one ca- like we, we. It's one of those situations where. Zeke, interesting player, not as great as we once thought, or at least not playing as great as we once thought, but also is not the personality. Then you've mm-hmm. got Dak, who we know exactly who he is, and it's not very fun. Like, you're kind of going to stay in between the lines as far as, you know, being just yeah. the guy you're you, supposed to be. You want Dak to be your quarterback. You don't want him to, to be the star of your show. Exactly. Perfectly said. And then there's no, I mean, CeeDee Lamb is not a Des Bryant. Like, CeeDee Lamb is, seems to be a head down, do your job. I want my credit, but I'm not going to scream for my credit. I just expect it type of guy. This does not make, and this is your three-headed monster. So this yeah. doesn't make for captivating TV, even though these are some top guys at the position. And Amari Cooper is just another kind of just boring guy. Oh, I mean, <laughs> all around. And this is not even a jab. Like, I think he takes pride in the fact that I am top three most boring individuals in the league. It's what I want to be known as. I just want to win, collect my check, and continue to get better each week. I think he's even probably said something along those lines. It's, it's not even a jab. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because I feel like there were so many more interesting teams we could have been watching than another attention grab from the Cowboys. But, you know, here's... Look, that the Bills dream, team would have been great. The Bills team would have been great. The dream for me, I would have loved to see this Jacksonville team. Oh, my gosh, of course. And I, th- I think partially, and, and of course, it gets de- I think it was decided much before the Tebow signing, but that would have been... One of the biggest, of course, do it, but also maybe one of the biggest, you just can't do it. Like, it looks too yeah. much like you're following Tebow. And, you know, people maybe boycott for or, or or tune in, whatever. But I agree with you. I would love to see what Urban Meyer is doing right now. I'm hearing complaints, and that's par for the course, whatever. But, yeah. Oh, for sure. I, well, I don't know if you get the same impression, but when I see Urban Meyer on the sidelines, I see a guy who f- looks like he's in over his head a little bit. He never admitted, but he's he's definitely that guy that's like I'm sitting at this poker table and I am not sitting around with the boys. Yeah, I am short sta- he's short stacked at the table. Absolutely, and man, it's gonna it's gonna look even worse when those games mean something. Yeah, I, I just it's it's always a weird transition for college coaches because especially guys like Urban Meyer, who basically at every stop in his career has the best talent on the field at every position you're playing an unfair game and then you get to the nfl and you're taking over a team that probably wasn't very good because they fired their head coach all of a sudden you don't have that talent base it is strictly a matter of can you coach football or not and some of these guys really struggle yeah if your thing is 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 recruiting and or no, mainly just recruiting, kind of partially talent eval. But if your hook is recruiting and concept, so I'll, I'll go as far as to say Urban Meyer probably has a really strong hold of offensive concept and is an outstanding recruiter. Mm-hmm. First, to the recruiting point, I think that's a hindrance on the transition into the league because your eye for greatness, and, and, and follow me here, your eye for greatness is high school to collegiate. And then you're looking at a guy that says, oh, you're ready to to play at the pro level or at least Put your hat into the arena. So when mm-hmm. you're looking at an inner squad scrimmage or you're looking at guys' workouts, you're looking at that kid every time. You're looking at every right. single – you're 100% of those kids, right? So you might even think that you your team is, is, is headed in the right direction. You know what I mean? So that's one. And two, if you're a concept guy like Urban Meyer, then what are you teaching? What are you actually teaching or motivating your assistants? Because – they're also likely concept guys. You don't get that far without grasping the concept. Now it's about personnel, motivation, um, lining up the right guy in the right place. And, 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 and if you can't, you know, make that happen, you know, who cares? So that's where I get nervous um, and, and where I really deeply feel like, okay, a guy like Urban Meyer, if you haven't already ignited some type of excitement based on your, you know, nuanced way of walking the, the halls, then it's almost like a foregone conclusion. Well, and I just think he made some bizarre decisions, too. You go out and you bring in Daryl Bevel as your offensive coordinator, a guy who many people credit for holding Russell Wilson back for all those years in in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. That's like, regardless of whatever the relationship is on the back end, come on. Come on. You have to think that he could have gotten a better play caller than Daryl Bevel, but then you, you you know you make the weird decision in my mind to draft Travis Etienne with that second first round pick, reuniting him with his college quarterback. 
He is now out for the season with the Liz Frank. Luckily, they've got a decent running back in place already. I just, I feel like we're going to cut to, you know, February, March, and suddenly those medical conditions that caused Urban to retire from the college game are going to crop back up and uh, perhaps be the reason he, he uh, retires from the NFL game. I can see that. I can see that. I'm not saying he's not healthy. I'm just saying I can definitely see the correlation. <laughs> well, speaking of those Jaguars, uh, they made a, a big move a couple of weeks ago and getting rid of their fourth string tight end, Tim Tebow. Uh, Bavada asks, will Tim Tebow be on an NFL roster for week one of the 2021-2022 NFL season? Yes, plus 2,500. No, minus 10,000. <laughs> it's a fat no if I'm making sure I'm clear that you said NFL roster. He may jump back to baseball, but after that clip surfaced of... Oh, man. I mean, that is, what you, that is what you're going to get from a, a third-string collegiate tight end that you toss into an NFL game really quickly. That might be the effort you get from me after a nap <laughs> and tossing me into an NFL preseason game. That is not something you can say is even remotely close. So if that's the clip, yeah, there's no way he can be signed and play again. Another down. He doesn't, he doesn't have it. Yeah. He, he, I don't know. I, I thought the, well, I agree with that. I thought the quarterback to tight end transition was an interesting one for Tebow, but that was 10 years ago. Yeah. It, that's good. Good, good point to bring up. Like not to say he couldn't have ever done it, but when you're out, out of football shape and the physicality is, like no other. You cannot replicate yeah. the, the physicality. You can't, you know, and, and it's a different game now. And and, and if you're not going to be used like Logan Thomas in that transition, then, you know, forget about it. Yeah. And I mean, credit to Tebow. Like, dude was jacked. He was. Dude, dude put time in, in the workroom, uh, in the weight room, but uh, it just, it, you know, it doesn't translate. It just doesn't, just because you you lift heavy weights doesn't mean you can block NFL players. That is the ultimate, ultimate statement to all performance coaches versus strength-specific coaches that, yeah, your, your guy's body is ready to take the pounding, but can you block? Can you play the game? And without ever having done it in added mm-hmm. weight in a different body, that makes it more difficult. Not even can you do it, but are you willing to do it? Yeah, that was, I don't know. There, there had to be some apprehension. Like, that looked like apprehension, right? A little oh, bit. It looked like he was terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it looked like he was thinking, what the hell have I done with my life? I can be broadcasting on the CBS network <laughs> in a nice cozy booth right now. Yeah, man, that makes me actually want to say poor Tim, which he's not a bad guy, so it's not bad to say poor Tim. But yeah, poor Tim. Hey, maybe Tebow can be the next Jeopardy host. I mean, <laughs> steer clear. Poor Tim in that situation, too. Jeez. I, I mean, I think they're going to go heavy in the other direction after what happened with uh, Mike Richards. <laughs> Tim might not even see it okay to question people with um, the answer first if Mike, if Mike go against his moral yeah. code. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else do we have here? What This is an interesting one. This in relation to my Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz back at practice, on pace to play game one. It's already a, basically a full workout in practice, a full go in practice. Carson Wentz, regular season games played. Bavada has the number over under 14 and a half. 
over minus 120 under also minus 120 so where do you think he's gonna fall wow i wanted to i wanted to see where i could actually make some bread on this team man but uh it's funny it's funny the full game full game yeah well i guess he just has to play in a game so starting or or coming off the bench i think (laughs) the way they're handling it i think you could pull 14 somehow games out of them but we're saying over here so we're gonna it's either push or under so i gotta go under well i think i need what is 75 percent of 17 i think i need 14 so yeah we just that's that'll check the 75 percent box and the eagles can have that first round pick <laughs> all i'm really concerned about to let the, to let people know where my head is and by the way this is actually it's not a fair representation because like i'm just i'm ready to be hurt I'm like I'm on I'm on board I'm on the Jalen Hurts train I, I'm ready to be hurt, uh, but with that said, I've been doing I I find myself doing like Pro Football Network mock drafts every day when I get bored, mm-hmm. so I, that that is also where my headspace is. You're ready. You're ready in a lot of different ways, and you know what? If you've got to take your your Eagles fan, let's get it on hat and put on your draft hat and put your pencil in your ear. So be it. It actually makes sense for you to maintain sanity. I, on the other hand, I'm leaning closer to it's going to go well for you guys relatively. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to bomb out at all. I think you guys have a pretty good young offensive crew. So that's going to turn into something, maybe some surprises, but nothing, you know. And, and your division is, 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 like I said last week, trending down. So Yeah. yeah. Well, if you believe CBS, uh, Philadelphia has the third best young offensive core in the NFL. So I think that may be a bit high, but hey, Quez Watkins. I did uh, I did see a fun stat from uh, Jeff Kerr, uh, again, CBS. I feel like this episode brought to you by CBS, except they're not paying <laughs> us. Um, most games for a quarterback with 300 plus passing yards and 60 plus rushing yards most games ever by a quarterback in nfl history steve young leads the list at with four only four uh tied for number two is russell wilson and michael vick with three Mm. tied for number four donovan mcnab rich gannon dante culpepper and in his four starts jalen harris first let me say that this sobers what what Michael Vick has done in the league, like as it, he just, yeah, he was just never a big. He never put up the passing. Yeah, yeah, problem. true. Yeah, that's the problem. But man, when you think about like how it felt at the time, and then you're like, well, Russell Wilson did it too. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and Steve Young did it better. And Steve Young did it better in a time that is not supposed to be happening. Jalen Hurts has something, man. Jalen Hurts has something. Now, is it something that's indefensible? We're gonna find out. Because that's the biggest thing. Is it indefensible? Will, will teams be able to quote unquote figure it out enough to to contain, maintain? But he has something that I'm willing to to bet on. I uh, I saw in the comments people were continuing that list and tied for next. Um, I guess it would be like eight. I think was. The one guy who I felt like, oh, why is this guy missing? This guy has to be on the list. And that would be Randall Cunningham, along with another former Philadelphia Eagle, Bobby Hoy. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember Bobby being the runner. (laughs) 
Me neither. But what a list. What what a proud list for the Eagles. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a very dual threat kind of list for Philadelphia. But you know, I I was shocked Randall wasn't higher, and then I had to go back and I looked at his numbers, and you know, only threw for more than thirty five hundred yards twice in his career. Mm. Never threw for more than like thirty eight fifty. So I guess you know a different era of the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's it's what we expected either. I, there was there that wasn't underperforming. You know what I mean? No, no, by no means. Four thousand yards passing was a, was a huge milestone at that point, and you know now if your if your starting quarterback doesn't throw for four thousand yards, you have to seriously consider replacing yeah, him. Yeah, what's going on, <laughs> Jared Goff? <laughs> he's um, been replaced. He <laughs> <laughs> he has, and and he's been replaced by Matt Stafford. And I I love. I saw the the I was looking you know when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but I love the MVP odds for Stafford at Bavada. Me too, man. Me too. I'm I'm I would only root against it for it to make me money because this quote that came out this week from him, and and I didn't hear the tone, so I'm only reading it, and mm-hmm. him just sounding like, look, man, I gave everything I ever had for every for every down I played. I want to play in some games that mean something that are worth a damn at at the the prime time hours. I don't want to yeah. keep playing at one o'clock, getting my head knocked off, and then it, you know fade into oblivion. So, or fade into Bolivia. Shout out to Mike Tyson. And I just <laughs> I, I felt for yeah, him. Mike. Thanks for listening. First of all, <laughs> I feel for him because really, if I really assess his time in, in Detroit, even the early like, it turned out to be completely wrong. You know, paper mache. Matt Stafford thing, he mm-hmm. ha- he has given everything. He he has not been the reason. So I wish him the best, and and MVP would be something that would be really cool for him to experience his first year out of there. Yeah, not a lot of uh, not a lot of huge seasons for the the Lions under the the Matt Stafford era, but you know they win ten games the third year when he throws for five thousand. They win eleven in twenty fourteen. He throws for forty two hundred. He's a he's a Pro Bowler. Um, I guess that was pretty much That's it. it. A couple of a uh, couple of nine win seasons. Uh, what fifteen and a half games under five hundred, if my math is correct here, with uh, seventy four, ninety, and one for an overall record with his time in Phil- in, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's that thing. It's like that overall that feeling of heartache of not getting the W is what is obviously the lasting effect. But take that away and. You've got a pretty good legacy left behind you and Matt Stafford with the Lions. But go build more. Go build more, Matt. We're not worried about it right now in Detroit. We are worried about some other stuff. So. Yeah. Speaking of crazy stats, uh, in the, what, 11 years? What is this? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years. In his 12 years in Detroit, how many times do you think Matt Stafford threw for 30 or more touchdowns? Let's say six. I think you'd be surprised to learn it's two. What? He threw for 32 touchdowns in 2015 and 41 in 2011. And that is it. Oh, and I've, 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 I've seen Matt Stafford like the gunslinger. Yeah. He's always... A bunch of five touchdown games, stuff like that. This is a shocking number. Oh, what a what a horrible like gain all the yardage ever to fizzle out. Or right. I mean, turnovers are probably crazy. 
crazy for the uh, organization wide. Not his personally, but just what what was it? Well, why weren't we scoring? I can't remember. I mean, I don't I don't know. He wasn't he has yeah, like those first five years he was very turnover prone. Uh twenty in two thousand nine, then he gets hurt in ten. 16 and 11, 17 and 12, and 19 and 13, uh, 2013. But after that, never never throws more than 13 interceptions in the season again. Oh, wow. That's also a thing that is probably more felt and impacted than the reality. Yeah. No, that's, that's I don't know. Like, who, who were the running backs on those teams? Who yeah. Were, uh, who was uh, who was stealing touchdowns? Who was who was destroying fantasy teams? Sure. I mean, it, it was there was Joik, uh, jo- Joik Bell Joik. and Reggie Bush. Exactly. Like, it, it, there's going to be a, a eight plus names on that list in that span, which uh, issue in itself. Yeah, Bell, eight hundred and sixty yards. Who else was on this team? This is Bush with a uh, thousand yards. Was, maybe I think that was Bush's only thousand yard season. Mm-hmm. No, he. he he managed a se- he managed a second one in Miami, uh, uh, one in Miami, one in Detroit. Yeah, but never never got above a thousand eighty six yards and only a thousand twice. I don't know Bush. What do we think of Reggie Bush? Looking at his career uh, in its in its uh, totality, is he one of the bigger busts that we've had in the draft in in the past couple of decades, or does he sort of does he dodge that bullet by being a serviceable player while he was playing? I think we're we're so in a stage of forgetting that position at large that it benefits him. Yeah. Also, he was a part of a winning team, so it doesn't that that doesn't you know work that works in his favor as far as his legacy goes. And then his college career is so large, and he lost to Heisman that that overshadows his pro assessment. But what I will say and go on record as saying is that being drafted by the Saints is what ruined his his ceiling. It was not yeah. a good fit for him. I think he could have been a two down, three down back in a couple other schemes uh, during that, that time, that era. And mm. Sean Payton was a little bit too unique at the time and it just didn't work. Yeah. He quote unquote lost a Heisman that pro- is probably still in his basement. He yeah, yeah. mom, <laughs> mom, how's my Heisman doing? <laughs> Got to polish that up for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, like that. I the college football stuff, taking taking awards away, taking championships away, playoff wins away. It's incredibly dumb because that game happened and that team won that game. Like nobody's nobody cares that you're like oh no. N- uh, it doesn't count. It doesn't. That doesn't count. No game. Game was played. Game was won. Forget about it. Yeah. Vacate all my past wins. Whatever. <laughs> like vacate them all. Like there's people in the stands who have memories. There are people that propose to their wives. Like please, it happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And that, we should celebrate that time. That uh, that Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush versus Vince Young. Come on. National champ, maybe one of the best national championship games ever of all time. I, I will put it up in the in the top five easily, and and, and maybe ballot out for number one in certain places. And how about the fact that like at the time we're watching these like all time great college players, these iconic college players, and nobody really amounted to anything. Yeah, they all these, pretty much stink. Yeah, these college these college superstars, these can't miss like surefire 
game changers in the NFL. Basically amounted to nothing. If I'm thinking, I'm going to do a quick, and I'm obviously going to think I'm going to bias towards offense. But if I if I do it really quickly, I'm closing my eyes. Lindell White, maybe the most successful. Maybe Steve Smith out in wow. New York. Um, I mean, you got Bing, who was a bust. You've got, uh, geez, what's uh, Mays bust? Uh, I mean, obviously the quarterbacks bust. Um, yeah, like I'm trying my best. I'm looking maybe. for the. I'm, I'm gonna try to bring up the stats for this game. I'm thinking it's the 2006 Rose Bowl. Maybe Derek Johnson was the high most successful player. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Ross, Cedric Griffin, uh, Lendale White's a good name. Michael Huff was good for a minute. Yeah. Um, boy, boy, <laughs> Lima Sweet. Oh, Lima Sweet. He. Oh my gosh, he almost killed himself. He was so bad. Not even trying to be funny. Dwayne Jarrett. Oh um, man. Franklin Oakham. Jamal uh okay. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. That'll 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 do. Was Derek Johnson on that team or was he already gone? Uh yeah. Um yeah, I'm only I only let's see. I mean he he, he would have I, I, I don't have full I don't think I have full stats here. Yeah. I mean he would have been dominate the stat sheet. And I would have know if Derek Johnson was part of stopping Reggie Bush, quote unquote. So he probably was gone. You're right about Steve Smith as well. Yeah. Um, Justin Blaylock, who I thought was going to be good, and was just an absolute garbage guard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keith Jackson, Dan Fouts, Todd Harris, and uh, Holly Rowe on the call. No. Man, what a game. What a game. What a, I, yeah, I don't have defensive stats, but uh, yeah, those are. Man, I just. I, how, I've probably seen this game probably five times. Yeah, yeah. I'm willing. It's making me want to watch it again, to be totally honest. Well, college, hey, college football back this weekend. Can't wait. I'm going to get back into it. I have to figure out. And and there is some optimism in Spartanland this year. So I'm proudly going to take a step into. It was a dark time. It was a dark time for the last couple <laughs> of years with D'Antonio. So, and not his fault, but just, you know. Kind of his fault. And a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, less less uh, optimism in uh, the Michigan the Michigan State Spartan basketball team? How about your guy uh, Michigan's own Amani Bates? He's like, oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a Spartan. Oh no, wait, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm just probably gonna just you know do my thing. And then then he's like, oh no, I'm not. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna go uh, go up a class, graduate early, and uh, I'm gonna go play for Penny Hardaway in Memphis. You spell out the timeline and the thinking, and it's like and you culminate with play for Penny Hardaway, and you're like, I can't blame you. But as and a, Rasheed Wallace, by the way, and Rasheed Wallace. But coming from, I'm just hurt. It hurts. It hurts because this is the thing where, like, every so often we we land the guys that we need to land to get back to the Final Four, maybe hopefully win it. And this is this is a a stubbing of the toe on that. I, I'm sad. Especially with Bates, because because he graduated early, he has to stay in college for two years because he won't be able to. He won't be old enough to declare for the draft. So you would have gotten him for two years. Uh, you've got Doug Christie's kid Max coming in this year. I I like Max Christie a lot. So you know the team might be all right, but uh, would have been nice to have a another headliner. It's just uh, it's a shame. I I think he felt so much pressure to just commit somewhere early on that uh, there was never actually any real intent of going to the school. I agree with that. I think there was just too much hoopla, too much pressure. 
buckled and at least he got to come up for air and and make a decision for him. Yeah, unfortunately, he hasn't really gotten much better since he was a player of the year as a sophomore. So all of those uh, all those Kevin Durant comparisons have uh, taken a back seat to like, oh, you know, uh, he could be like, uh, I don't know, Pedro Stoyakovic. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping Penny gets a hold of him and gets his game, you know, realigned and, and sharpened up because you don't want to end up being like serviceable and a, a mid, a, a mid, not a non-lottery. You know, you don't. Yeah. Most shocking thing that happened all year to me was Penny Hardaway not taking the Orlando Magic job. Oh, I thought that was in the bank. I really did. So I, I think it was both. his if he wanted it. Yeah, me and you both. I'm very shocked. Very shocked. I, I, I thought a f- absolute foregone conclusion, but hell, it didn't happen. And uh, you know, good for the Memphis Tigers. Um, what else is interesting? This is this is an interesting one. Uh, we're talking about quarterback health. Dak Prescott, regular season games played. Dak is uh, he's off the pitch count and uh, apparently free to free to give it his all. Bavada has the over under, much like with Wentz at fourteen and a half. Where would you go? I'm going all the way. I think he's in the position in the organization in his own will that he'll play. he's going to play. He's going to play every down he can play, and. Uh, we're gonna see. He's he's gonna he's gonna go over. He might play every every snap. All right. I mean, I worry about guys coming off of those uh, double injuries, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't think he's not gonna get banged up. I think he's gonna play through it, which wisely, unwisely type of thing. Uh, th- Dak is tough for me because, like, with Dak, I go back to like, I well, I guess not. I don't want to say the Tony Romo stuff just because I had the the smallest tie to Romo in in real life, mm-hmm. but. More like back to the Troy Aikman years where I was like, yeah, yeah, he's great and I know I should hate him, but I I don't hate him. I just kind of respect him. Yeah, that is the sense I get. I mean, uh, much too cliche in times where I don't need him to be cliche, but other than that, that's basically my main critique, you know? Although the the bullshit where he, when he was asked, are you vaccinated? And he's like, oh, I think that's a HIPAA violation. Like, people don't understand what a HIPAA violation is. Wrong. We should just... Wrong. Yeah, it's not even close to correct. Like, (laughs) you are not... Like, you're allowed to tell us about your own medical history. A a doctor (laughs) can't tell us about your medical history, but you can. Like, that is the whole point. You have the right. (laughs) You have the right. Well, and it's also basically, like, my follow-up to that would have been, like, so no then? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so (laughs) is it going to happen anytime soon then, Dak? (laughs) And apparently the Cowboys are very close to 100%. So maybe since then, uh, Dak has uh, made the right decision, let's say. But yeah, good. Listen, JJ uh, I, is not going to make the right decision unless it's going to impact his ability to win a Super Bowl, kind of, or his pockets. Dude, how about if, if you would have told me Jerry Jones was going to be the voice of reason on vaccinations in this country. I just would not have believed that. What is it on your bingo card? Was not. Yeah, like a lot of people would have won a lot of money if that's the case. But like Jerry Jones, it's like, uh, I'll just, I'll just read it here. Everyone has the right to make their own decisions regarding their health and their body. I believe in that completely. Until your decision as to yourself impacts negatively many others, then the common good takes over. Like, yeah, yeah, 
That's exactly right. Jerry Jones Nailed summing it. up vaccinations better than anybody else in this country can. <laughs> Nailed it. Which, I mean, if you want, if you want to to help rebalance all of this, at least we know he's so sane in his right mind that all the other crazy, ridiculous things he's been doing are definitely, <laughs> definitely intentional, okay? Definitely intentional. That's funny that I had not considered that. Like, this this, this does not uh, now allow him to excuse all of the other stuff. Exactly. Or maybe, or maybe like, you know, I, okay, I'm not going to go into the political stuff. So just moving right on. Been, been yelled at, at about that for before, not going to do it. Uh, Garner Minshew team after the trade deadline. Bavada has the Jacksonville Jaguars plus 150, the Panthers plus 350, your Lions plus 400, the Giants plus 650, the Cowboys 650, and my Eagles plus 1,000. Woo! Well, not us. <laughs> not, not the Lions or the Eagles. I could, I could see some, some Panthers love mistakenly inappropriately uh, approaching a Gardner Minshew trade, even with Sam Darnold not playing his worst football. Maybe Sam Darnold gets injured. I'm rooting for Sam Darnold, if you can't tell. So I'm hoping that... I love that, Sam Darnold. Yeah, you me too. That. Me too. So I, I'm hoping that if if it does, just fit-wise, it's the Panthers for me. And I hope that that scenario, geez, would mean that he's hurt and not playing badly. Uh, mm. Either way, it's no good for my man Sammy. But yeah, going to go Panthers. Well, I just watched... Joe Flacco play football at the professional <laughs> level. So, I mean, if the cost is a fourth or a fifth round pick, I would happily bring Minshew in as a backup quarterback in Philadelphia, like without batting an eye. Yeah. Because Flacco is like, he's not just cooked. He's just like, he's, he's burned to a crisp on the grill. Like he's that burger you, you forgot about and you left on the grill for a half hour. Yeah. No bueno. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Yeah. And please, please, please cut it. Because like when you bring in a guy, it's it's such a negative when you bring in a guy like that too, and they're basically asked about being a leader, and they're like, "Eh, I'm gonna lead by example." That's another way of saying I'm not gonna help anyone else. Yeah, like stay to yourself and stink. What are you here for? Right, <laughs> exactly right. Pass on some of that knowledge because it's your only you know your only real uh, real skill at this point. Um, first NFL coach to leave his position. In 2021, we're going to go ahead and amend this to be fired, but I suppose I suppose I've already said that uh, that Urban Meyer could step down. Bavada has Zach. Oh no, sorry. Bavada has Matt Nagy and Mike Zimmer numbers tied for number one mm. at plus 700. Um, Bengals co- uh, uh, coach Zach Taylor. Plus eight, Vic Fangio just made the decision to go with Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. Smart. Plus nine, John Gruden plus a thousand, um, Matt Lafleur plus twelve hundred, Mike McCarthy plus twelve hundred. I don't know how or why David Cauley would be fired. He shouldn't have got the job anyway. So sure. what what expectations are there in Houston? Plus fourteen, um, all the way down to let's see. Uh, where's your yeah, guy? Where's Dan Campbell? Uh, well, Nick Sirianni, Eagles coach, is plus sixty six hundred. Dan Campbell only plus twenty eight hundred. That's that's surprising He's to not me. I would have thought nowhere. No, I would have thought that just being a new coach, you get that year. Yeah, Urban Meyer also sixty six hundred. Yeah, Urban's gonna have to just self sabotage. I'm actually gonna go based on this based on this list. Nagy, I think 
the closest one to just being what the hell, what were we thinking and what were you thinking or some crazy thing happens within the walls of the organization that we don't know about that, you know, spills out enough to where we're like something's off. So I'm going to go with Nagy. Like, why in the world is Dan Campbell 2,800 and Joe Judge is th- plus 3,300 at Pavada? Joe Judge is also not going anywhere, and I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but yeah, like you said, not based on anything he's done on the feet, you know, on the sidelines. No. He's been mediocre at best. I don't know if it's a personal thing. Might be a personal thing. Like, you want that type of guy on your sideline. Maybe. I can't. I guess, uh, but I would fire him and tell him he can take Daniel Jones with him. <laughs> Daniel Jones caught a stray. My God. Bavada. <laughs> Bavada has four coaches tied for least likely to be fired. Can you name them? Oh, least likely. Okay, let's do it. First of all, going back to the other one, I don't like the Mike Zimmer thing. I don't think he's doing a bad job. Anyway. No, I feel for Zimmer. Yeah, Zimmer. man. Like he, they're bringing like epidemiologists in, and that team still won't get vaccinated. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Okay, so the four that won't get fired are. Let me go through. Yeah, I'm going lowest odds. Lowest odds. Yes. Yeah, let me just pull up the teams here. I mean, you got to think about Bill Belichick has is super one low odds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you got to think about Andy Reid having super low odds. Is two. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who are my other favorites? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying this because personally, but John Harbaugh? Uh, no, Harbaugh is actually yeah, plus okay. 2,000, oh, like oh. a mid-tier guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in reality, right? In reality. Yeah. Um, that's a mulligan. Uh, sure. No, it's it's uh, at strike one. It's, a, it's still got a couple strikes on the board cool, here. Cool, cool, cool. Work with me here. Um. I'm going to use probably use another strike here. This feels like a family feud here. Um, Sean Payton, is he on that list? Sean Payton. Where is Sean? Sean Payton plus 2,500. Sean Payton more likely to be fired than Dan Campbell. He is, though. (laughs) Oh, Sean Payton is safe. By the way, I'm just saying this right now. And this is something that I might look incredibly stupid for. Six months from now, Jameis is going to have a big season. Oh, no, no, you don't look stupid at all because it's inclusive of what he's going to do, right? It's inclusive of, of of that thing, right? The interceptions. But when we talk about him being that freshman Jameis, I think we're going to see something that spectacular. Um, so I'm with you there. Okay, I have my other guy. All right. Bruce Arians. Not five is is one of the three is one of the four yes great 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 almost so there. one to one to go and one strike left one to go this is scary man yeah this is scary stuff man. yeah I actually am replacing you as host with uh, Dan Hardy <laughs> if you get this wrong <laughs> Good assuming luck. we we can get him out of the cold <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is actually tough because I don't believe this in my heart uh. So I'm going to have to go with the other one. I'm going to go Pete Carroll as opposed to the, the other one I was going to go. Uh, what was the other one out of curiosity? Mike, Tam- Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin would have been, he would have been one of the names that came to my mind just because Pittsburgh doesn't fire coaches. Right, right, right. You're wrong on both of them. Oh, no. Who's, the, who's <laughs> this mysterious fourth safe coach? That is Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Oh, you know what's the problem? And and this is definitely 
not me uh, passing accountability. This is honest, honest Mario time. Um, I can't. I'm looking at the Bills logo right now, but it's so shitty compared to everyone else's that I didn't consider (laughs) Buffalo. As I'm looking through the teams, I'm like, I don't see this logo. So it just missed me. (laughs) I like that you're effectively like a like a three year old here, and you're like the colors did not appeal to me. I did, I'm not picking that. They don't. Exist. I don't like it. You're, you're like uh, you know we've all I Christ I I have right now. Uh, we've all had uh, we've all had significant significant others who picked football games based on logos. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess the, the Bills would not have been the pick here. Nope. Nope. But at least you would have been in the round with, with Mike Tomlin. With I, I've, I have a couple others that I'm like, eh, if I think about it, they're probably pretty safe. Well, well, Kevsky is safe in, yep. in Cleveland. He just won yep. Coach of the Year. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like he's not going anywhere this year. I think. And then then there's the other new coaches like Robert Sala, probably not going anywhere in New York. Uh, Brandon Stan, uh, Staley in, in in L.A. Unless. They take a big step back. Right. I'm thinking... Um, and Ron Rivera. Exactly. Ronnie is not going anywhere, man. Like, So those. that's kind of where I said... Uh, you know. Well, shockingly, like, there are some, some crazy names in the top half of this list. Like Sean McVay, plus 2,500. Frank Reich, plus 2,000. Uh, Brian Flores, plus 2,000. Shanahan's 2,500 at Bavada. I could see Flores... I could see McVay in a situation where they are underachieving in a way that rubs him the wrong way, and he does something stupid that warrants, like, you know what, we got to cut ties. That's how I see that playing out. Um, but I could definitely see Frank Reich in that in that coach team just not. It's just not. It doesn't feel good to me, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I always wonder, like, did that first year color our opinions of Sean McVay too much? I think he's definitely living off the the merits of how did they get so good so fast still still I mean anytime you take over from Jeff Fisher you're going to look like a genius <laughs> So like I just wonder if if that first year colored our opinions to the point where he's got this like boy genius label and it's just not super deserved I'm with you there man I'm with you. I'll tell you what, though. Sean McVay, and obviously this would be a giant step down, and it's not something that he would even consider at this point, especially since I think the Rams are going to be pretty good this year, mm-hmm. would be an all-time great college coach. He would, yeah. yeah he, would, he, would, he could write his ticket. I definitely like, agree. There is not a recruit in the country that isn't signing with that guy if he steps into their living room. Four or five-star quarterbacks each class, somehow. <laughs> and somehow they all stay happy just because <laughs> he, he's around. Exactly. Four, four or five stars on the roster, depending on age. Two of them first rounders every year. Every year. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like when the old NCAA football game. Yes, and you would have like multiple first round, like because I I always loved it when you would export your draft classes. Well, at the end when you were doing it, you would see like where your guys were drafted. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, my starting quarterback went number one, and then my backup quarterback went number three. <laughs> Or every once in a while, like you have like a 97 starting quarterback and he goes undrafted for reasons that make no sense. None at all. But shots fired, NCAA football. I'll see you back in a couple of years. Yep. Uh, How do you feel about Zach Taylor being number? Well, I guess he's not. But Zach Taylor being so high on that list. This this Bengals team seems like they're headed upwards. Is this this just uh, show me something or you're out of here? I don't think that's the reality. I think that's what's being created as the environment. 
uh, to see how he responds from the media. I don't. I think he's pretty safe in town. I think he's pretty safe in the organization. They, mm-hmm. He hasn't mishandled anything, and that's the biggest part. You know, once you get, they have to cross that threshold or be at a position where why didn't why didn't we reach that threshold? So I think until that happens, which he's two years out of that, I think he's pretty safe. Also shocking, number six on this list, Matt Lafleur, the Green Bay Packers yeah, coach. Yeah, he's handling things as as best as he can, I think. Right. What has Matt done wrong? Like it's not his fault. Aaron Rodgers went crazy with his like power hungry streak. I mean, who I don't know whose idea was to, to draft Jordan Love, but in the That's greater fair. scope, at the in the in the greater scope, when is the right time? When I'm about to get fired? You know, do yeah. I have to stink so bad? You know, so. You could leverage that as like, look, I was willing to make that decision. Maybe the communication between Aaron and I wasn't the best, or maybe Aaron just completely changed his stance. So, yeah, yeah. not not Matt's fault. That was a weird draft. They took they take Jordan Love when you have Aaron Rodgers, which you know you can kind of understand as long as Aaron Rodgers is on board with it. But then you don't get him a weapon again. You take that like that. 250 pound running back from wherever and the sec aj dillon mm. from boston college it's like get jesus get the man a weapon just get him a weapon just try your hardest and i think it's that's not bigger. it's not randall cobb exactly that's bigger that may have been a, a bigger catalyst to say what the hell is going on from aaron Rodgers' perspective like okay you draft a quarterback but you also don't help me out immediately what the right. hell yeah well you're out of here lafleur all right. Well, when we uh, when we come back next week, we will have the entire preseason in the books, and we'll uh, we'll actually get to look towards the the real legitimate NFL regular season. I'm excited about that, and uh, that's going to be it for this week. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.